Hello everybody and welcome to this week's The Other Dimension. We are live this week with Kate Terrell. It's going to be a good show and also we've got the true divination. Are the runes going to be in your favour? Let's find out. Let's get on with the show. Have you ever wondered what goes bump in the night? What could be lurking round the corner? What shadows are waiting for us in the dark? Why we feel like we are being watched by the mysterious eyes of an unknown entity. When all rational explanations have been exhausted, it only leaves one explanation. The paranormal. Take a journey into the realm of the paranormal with your hosts, Damon Penny and Ben Winfield. We explore all things paranormal from mediums to apparitions. From orbs, to the occult, from demons, to angels, and everything in between. So strap in, and join us, as we explore into the unknown. And don't forget, things can get, a little, strange. The Other Dimension Show, on Pulse Talk Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along, it's The Other Dimension, it's your Saturday Night Paranormal Fix and me and Ben are your dealers. Welcome along, it's about time that we get into it. Welcoming our guest tonight, Kate Terrell, I've probably pronounced that wrong, but there you go. And also my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the one giving out the spiritual cocaine, it is Mr. Ben Winfield. Welcome guys. Spirit spiritual name <laughs> the spiritual spiritual gossip <laughs> so how's everyone been we all good yeah, yeah i yeah. am as yeah, normal in the middle of nowhere i'm currently sat on the edge of dartmoor forest so as nice. normal i'm out about nice 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 how about you kate how you been well nowhere near as exotic is that Dartmoor's very exotic to me. So. <laughs> uh, no, good, good. Yeah, I spent today living every every pensioner's dream. Really, went round three churchyards, took loads of pictures. Ah, one of them people. Ate a bit of cake, and now I'm here. Had a glass of wine as well. So, Treat doing all right, really. <laughs> Not quite worthy. No, no, but in its well. It is what it is. We've got to do the housekeeping. So don't forget, guys, if you enjoy the show and you want to sort of follow us, you can come on to our show here, uh, facebook.com forward slash TLD Paranormal. We are live on Pulse Talk Radio every Saturday, 9 till 10. We're live right now. And it's great to have you guys listening in and listening to the show. Also, if you like it that much and you want to follow us, head over to patreon.com forward slash The Other Dimension. Head over there, become a true ODD, and for £3 a month, you get bonus shows, free books, loads of posts by Ben, which is loads of gobbledygook, but you might understand it, so who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not, it's not so much gobbledygook, it's usually like 16th, 17th century cultology books, stuff like that. Stuff is, you won't cool find stuff. on Google. It is cool stuff. Saying that though, right? My mum has just given my missus a um, a cauldron to start doing her potions with, because missus is well Wiccan, so it's quite cool. <laughs> it is, it's quality. So, let's get into the show. Um, Kate, tell us about what you do, and the stuff you've got going on, and your patron and that. Let all the listeners out know where they can find you, and what it is you do. Right. Well, I'll try and condense it because I'm prone to waffling. Um, I'm a, <laughs> we like I'm a, a, a writer <laughs> and a public speaker when, obviously, when the situation allows. But I mainly write and uh, produce content about like historical hauntings, um, about cemeteries, graveyards, lots and lots of deathy stuff. And yeah. I do a lot with spiritualism, a lot with miserable Victorians. So everything oh, okay. from writing about Victorian mourning right through to my latest mediumistic obsession because I live for fraudulent Victorian mediums. If someone's oh, shoving right. cheesecloth where it shouldn't be, 
I'm writing about it mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to force people to listen or to read Good. it or to look at me trying to replicate it and nearly choking myself in the process. So it's all <laughs> really like lighthearted, really accessible. It's kind of all under the gloomy umbrella. So cool. I do, I've got my website, Burials and Beyond, which is all written content. And then on my Patreon, I do, it's four posts a week, brand new bespoke content. There's articles, videos, uh, podcasts. You know, I'm doing a series where I do, it's just called Talking to Interesting People, where I get people that have the most amazing and weird jobs in the world. I've had Victorian hair artists and Whoa. perfumers that specialize in death. And then I've had comedians and we all talk about kind of the spookier side of life. So I'm, cool. I'm kind of surrounded by that, yeah. And I've just finished uh, my PhD as well in uh, 19th century Gothic. So I kind of put a little bit of everything gloomy into what I do. So it's, it's all it's all in the basket. It's like oh. literally you're living this Gothic life and <laughs> nothing else is going to stray you from the path. <laughs> no, no. And we, we hide away the, uh, the ABBA records and the erasure discs in the corner and go, oh, no. <laughs> Full of darkness. That, yeah. that sounds like Ben's <laughs> decent Friday night. He loves a bit of Abba, don't you, mate? <laughs> hey, I've still got an Elvis Presley vinyl. I've got my vinyl collection. I'm still happy. I don't yeah, even go there with vinyl. I was um, I used to DJ, so my vinyl collection is um, beyond. So, it, they're in the loft. They're in the shed. They're in my mum's loft. <laughs> I've got loads. <laughs> But um, yeah, like gothic side of things, that's quite cool. I've not really spoke to anybody as goth. Is it gothic wiccanry or is it more just heavy metal, uh, emo writings and <laughs> voodoo dolls? Right, right. Okay, can, okay. Kate, Where do we can begin? I slap him or do you want to slap him? <laughs> I'm a lovely, patient, calm and wonderful person to be around. Thank you very much. Do you mean with the like the PhD side of things? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Like, it sounds really the... arrogant to say that, but it's it's been like four years of my life doing this thing. Yeah, um, that thing is more well with mine. I was looking at depictions of mediumship, so within like oh, female wow. mediums, de depicting female mediums in nineteenth-century Gothic literature. So that's literature from like all through the eighteen hundreds. That's you know it includes things like Dracula, Frankenstein, those kind of biggies that we know, um, yeah. but basically popular literature that's kind of of a spooky, not necessarily ghost stuff, but more of a a creepy, gloomy thing. Lots of abandoned, crumbling castles, and you know, women running across moors thinking they've seen the ghost of a dead lover. That's all right. Thing. So that's that's kind of the academic interest in goth. But mm -hmm. my my personal interest is it's very much a just an adoration of all things dark oh, okay. and 80s yeah. and synth. <laughs> just keep going, you know. Yeah. So what's your take on spirits and the paranormal? I mean, here at The Other Dimension, the way we look at things is literally as these things are from another dimension. That's why we called the show yeah. what it is. You know, we look at demons as interdimensional beings um, that are, they're sort of, congruent to our timeline so what's your take on spirits i find that really interesting i was speaking to someone the other day who um was trying to explain like a, a sort of like fourth dimension theory in relation to poltergeists yeah and was trying to explain how poltergeists may be interacting from beyond their dimension and when they move things that's them yeah. dipping in to ours as though we're as though we're fishing a pond and we're just looking yeah. up which I found it really interesting. So when it comes to demons and dimensions and things like that, I'm definitely a novice. I find it very interesting, but I'm not too clued up on things like interdimensional stuff and uh, lots of like alien type theories. I'm yeah. not especially hot on. But as for as for spirits and ghosts, I kind of I'm a very 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 skeptical believer, but not in a not in an aggressive way. As in, if I find a story of a haunting and and then I believe it to be, you know, deliberately fraudulent or something like that, yeah. my interest doesn't go in it. So I, I'll still be interested if it's if it's not real, as much as it would be if it was real. But personally, I'm very much I'm still in the believer camp. 
Yeah. Very much in the believer camp, but I do direct a lot of my energies into looking at frauds because Wicked. I quite like the Blue Peter aspect of people <laughs> wanting to have a paranormal experience, <laughs> not having it happen and going, well, I'm going to make it happen myself. I'm going to get the paper mache, we're going to dim the lights, and we're going to convince <laughs> all our mates. That I find so interesting. And to be honest, just as interesting as someone saying, oh, I saw the ghost of a you know 14th century monk walk mm. through that wall. So I'm yeah, kind yeah. of skeptical believer, but annoyingly enthusiastic about everything. Yeah. So if Ben's... someone's got something to tell me about demons, I'll be going, brilliant, right. Let's get a glass of wine. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> ben likes to call bullshit all the time. He loves it. He loves it. He loves the controversy. You know, when people like are giving readings out and he just I just get these little messages and they're like, nah, they're chatting rubbish. Nah, it's, 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 it's their cold reading. They're cold reading. He, he loves it, don't you? <laughs> I am I am terrible. I will stand there and if someone is faking it, I will go straight up to them and go, you're faking. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I'll explain to them how. Like, I've had people claim their houses have been massively haunted. I've walked in and I'm a bill. Oh, no. Signals coming in and out. Yeah, you're still there, mate. You're still there. Yeah, my signal keeps coming in and out a bit. That's what you get for um, doing a show yeah, live from Dartmoor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now I'm a I'm a builder by trade, so I love going in places that people say, "Oh, they're they're haunted," and they're not S structural damage and stuff like that. I can pin it down on that. Oh, it's it's cool. Now, Kate, as soon as you said Victorian mediums, right? Mm. There's someone I wanted to ask you about that I've been reading into, and. I find her really confusing because I know that she was media mystical, but she was highly into theology, hermeticism, occultism. Have you ever heard of a woman called Helena Blavatsky? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the whole theosophy movement, things like that. Yeah. I'm not super hot up on the uh, theosophical sort of beliefs, but I do find, I do find Blavatsky really fascinating. Definitely. As a woman. She's definitely the same as when she was um, called as say called out it seems weird talking about victorians in like modern language when she was called out for being fraudulent um yeah. on several occasions i really like this kind of repeated victorian attitude you see especially in occultism and spiritualism things like that it's like as soon yeah. as they're called out they go well i'll find someone that does believe me and they're going to adore me and i'm going to be top of my new little club and then they move somewhere in the sticks and just start a whole movement you know a bit like Crowley and and some oh, Crowley. Crowley. Mm, I do find I do find a very 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 interesting but theosophy I think is um yeah. I think it's back on the uh the popularity stakes at the minute I think a lot more people are dipping into it oh yeah demons there are a, trending there was a bloke recently. demons <laughs> <laughs> there was a bloke recently who started up a cult in Russia claimed he was Jesus reborn mm -hmm. and he's, he's just been arrested for I think 20 years going against state law nice then Russia's well, don't places you're going to do that mm. yeah he had a following yeah. of about 2,000 people oh wow yeah but, but then Russians they, don't mess, they don't mess about mate they don't mess about if they don't like something bam bam but when you mention about Blavatsky sort of trying to find uh, people to believe her she found that at the early German like theological movement back in like the 1900s beginning of the 1900s have you come across any sort of Victorian mediums that you can openly say were fraudulent? Do you know the people that use the red lights, the ectoplasmic stuff that's coming out of the mouth mm -hmm. and all this sort of thing? Which one yeah. stands out in your mind? God, how long have you got? Right, this is only an hour, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. <laughs> the, the thing is, I, I'll tell you some of my favourite fraudulent mediums, but I find yeah. really interesting is that these people were repeatedly... Um, outed as being fake they were caught in the act so many times with you know and there's proof there's reports there's images there's you know there's everything there is to to say that these people were deliberately defrauding people for hold financial up. benefit but hold people are today we, are we on about mediums here or politicians <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just lost track. Mm. I just got yeah. my shot. Ben, 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 Ben. ben. Kate was in the middle of a, a rant there. There's, well, there is a lot of similarities. There really is. No, they are. Um, politicians. Much, and... like, much like politicians, they can be shown very publicly, ideal, shown very publicly to be frauds mm-hmm. and fakes, and people will go, look, no, here's the evidence. This is blatant. But there'll yeah. always be someone at the back of them going, no, but I believe... Uh, we know the truth they're actually real or similarly that okay well they must have just faked something once so it doesn't mean they were fake the rest of the time you know it's that sort of mentality they lied once they weren't lying all the time whereas in reality but yeah some of my some of my favorite frauds um i think my favorite really is there's a french medium called uh a stage her stage name was eva carrier I think that's yeah. how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah I never yeah. know how to. I've said her name countless times and I really it's should just uh, ask a French person. Carrier, I think it was. That, yeah. I remember somebody talking about her and you have to, whenever you talk about somebody who's French, it has to be quite, you know, um, how, how do I put this in? Oh, do you know what? If I offend people, I don't care. It's got to be really feminine. You know, it's got Carrier, you know, sort of thing to it. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't lend itself naturally to me. No. <laughs> very elegant and french about me sadly but yeah. um no i love her i think i like people especially who were proven to be frauds in the age of photography because yeah. i think when you get images um of people that are mainly doing ectoplasmic stuff cabinet seances bit of levitation stuff people like uh eusopia palladino um even yeah. helen duncan um florence cook i, I mm-hmm. love florence cook i you know i i think anyone who spent years of their life putting on a headdress in a nighty, wandering around a room and saying that they're the ghost of a 17th century buccaneer's daughter <laughs> is, is just phenomenal. It's like, brilliant. You do you, but you are fake. Yeah. <laughs> I love her in particular. And she was uh, Florence Cook as Kate King, the spirit, yeah. was investigated by so many highly respected people, particularly famously William Crooks, who helped develop one of the bulbs that goes into x-ray machines. And he's like lauded as being one of the most important British scientists of the age. Amazing man, amazing brain. But he was completely taken along with the spiritualism movement, and especially Mm -hmm. with a lot of the the claims from the Dalston Society in London. And so when Florence Cook, this beautiful young waif, really, a teenager, started showing these amazing mediumistic abilities, particularly the ability to manifest spirit parts you know it would start with a hand it started with cabinet seances so it'd be a hand and then a face mm. and then clearly she grew in confidence or rather her tutors grew in confidence about her and oh. she was walking around the room pretending pretending to be or being depending on your belief system yeah um, a, a ghost you know and i think a lot of the the people around that time especially who had spirit guides that was that were just people in fake beards. It's brilliant, you know. <laughs> we, we look at Victorian spiritualism and occultism and think, oh, it was all darkened rooms and and candles and very moody, very kind of, you know, very The Conjuring in a sense. Yeah. You know, it was all yeah. very scary. Whereas it's like, no, there's a naked woman running around a seance room with a bit of newspaper <laughs> stuck to her face. And she's saying that her spirit guide here is like a 300-year-old Brahmin Hindu. And that's just a coachman she's bribed who's wearing a fake turban and a stick-on beard. That There's no terror in that, but it's brilliant. And I think that's that's what we're missing so much in the paranormal as well. It's like, oh, yeah. it's funny. It, it can is, be yeah. creepy and it can be really transcendental. It can be a really powerful thing to get involved with, but... It's mad. It's yeah. always been mad. And I think I mean, just celebrate. Ben, what's your take on, well, on all that? What do you take away from I all that? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming because I, 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 obviously, being a cultologist, I turn up when people expect the uh, the whole dog collar bit and the, the exorcism look. When you rock up on on a, a bike that basically looks like a Harley Davidson wearing jeans with a long <laughs> with a long longish beard. <laughs> And it's half a ripped jacket on with a box. They all sort of go, "No." It's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm here to do your lecture." This is at like, places like Cambridge and Oxford. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm here to do your lecture." 
it's like it's like Kate was saying. There's that some. There's always that expectation with the paranormal and occultology that you've got to be this weirdo who just dresses. It's it. It's the expectation, and it never follows expectation. It's like me. I, I do with all the demonology and that people think I'm going to turn up in a undertaker's coat and a top hat and then I rock up in like a D&G trackie and I'm like well away and people are like what's going on here do you know what I mean so yeah you're right Katie it's, it's all about the expectation we need that comedy back in paranormal because what people don't understand is is when you're out there on investigation and you're laughing and you're having a laugh you're actually building more energy rather than sitting there and being scared so it's definitely i agree with you on that one 100 percent. and as for calling out mediums I mean what you're doing with the victorians now it'd be great if you can do it with some modern mediums because there's a fair few out there that love to cold mm. read 100 <laughs> percent. yeah <laughs> but yeah, um, i've got a nice i've got a nice list i can send you oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely oh we can we can exchange notes yeah. I'm very much the nosy neighbour of the mediumistic world. I've got little eyes on everyone. You, you want you want the PA for that. You want my my partner and lovely future wife that yeah. does all the PA of this. She's she's got her hands in every little group, you knowing little <laughs> But talking of mediums, we're now going to head over to True Divination uh, with our very own mystic and our very own medium, Kay Maloney, and then we will see you guys back on the other side and we if you've got any questions for kate um you want to ask her anything just stick it up there in the chat room and i'll stick it up there and we'll, we'll ask kate and i'm pretty sure she's going to be uh 100 truthful with you based on what we've seen so far <laughs> so definitely right so are you ready and let's find out this week we're doing runes You are now entering True Divination. We enter a world of divination with a resident divination superstar who will take you on the journey of discovery from tarot, crystal balls, tea leaves, pendulums, and much, much more. So sit down, clear your mind, and concentrate as we enter True Divination with Kay Maloney. I'm off mic at the moment, Kay's is in there. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the small ray of light that is part of the other dimension. My name's Kay, and you can find me on Facebook under Kay Maloney. Here's the mouthful. Um, Clairsentient medium, quabalist, and meditation practitioner. If all else fails, just pop in Kay Maloney, pop me a message, and I can send you the link. Basically, I am a quabalist medium, paranormal investigator, and I facilitate workshops, meditations, and my main um, income is a clairsentient medium and quabalist. Um, have a look at the page. Any questions about what I do, please pop me a message and I will always endeavour to get back to you. So this evening we are all about runes. So um, part of the purpose of our lives is to learn lessons and to gain knowledge and wisdom. So since the dawn of time, as humans, we have found signs and symbols fascinating and powerful. The power of the runes for this evening comes into what they have to teach us. So runes represent lessons to us. And if used wisely and properly, they can facilitate the learning of us and of our lessons very quickly and efficiently. So runes, however, do not have to provide all of the answers to life's problems. And neither do they imbue their user with magical powers. They do, however, present signposts for the journey throughout our lives. The rooms represent certain images and by working with those, their guidance and teaching becomes accessible for all. So the way of the rooms is subtle but powerful and can have a profound effect on our lives on many levels. They are not used only for divination, but for protection, healing, empowerment and learning. So whatever your viewpoint is, whether you believe in us mediums, whether you don't, whether you are a believer in gods or not gods, the mystery of the rooms is in fact not a mystery at all. It is simply a path towards greater learning that anybody can tread and use. So that is tonight's introduction to runes, everybody. So the main thing about using runes 
is that to learn runes, you need to tune into their own individual energy. So the runes you can see before me this evening here, these are personalised runes. So what that means is, is that in order to work with them, each rune has their own vibration, their own corresponding colour, herbs and crystals on the astrological charts, and they are the key to unlocking lessons. But working with runes, you need to set up a vibrational field that allows the subconscious mind to teach and learn the vibrations of the conscious mind. Instead of using the conscious mind, we try and find the lesson of each room. So each room for me, as you can see, I have completely personalised these rooms. Um, these are made from stone. They have been um, collecting for a while in riverbeds, in um, rivers and in seas, etc. And the power of water helps them to kind of be washed in Mother Nature. They have also been um, passed through flame to be blessed by fire, sprinkled with sea salt to represent earth and for blessings of the earth. And they've also been soaked in spring water for the transient water. And they've been buried for tonight in 24 hours under the soil in moonlight for Mother Earth to bless the rooms. And this is a traditional concept of working with runes we call in nature. It is very heavily symbionic of nature and basically very similar to tarot and the year of the seasons. So these runes in front of me will also be for sale on my page um, and I can personalise them any way you want to. So just pop me a message for that. But for any divination tool, as I said last week, try and personalise them, make them true for you. So if you want to use glass or quartz crystal because you want better communication with spirit or with energy, well, energies of the worldwide system, use quartz. If you feel propelled to use maybe seashells, use seashells. The energy and the vibration is your calling. So the history of the runes, this is from a sacred geometric system throughout the Germanic tribes of Northern Europe, especially in Britain, Scandinavia and Iceland. Their definite origin is uncertain, but um, scientific research and a lot of historical research say the inscriptions have been found dating far from as back as AD 3. So the scripts used to appear in memorial stones, weapons and tools, etc, etc. So the main thing about energy, particularly when you're using your runes, is like I said, you create your own rune set. And rather than buying ones ready-made, you allow them to harness the energy of the earth. So very similar to the way the Germanic tribes would have, their runes and their mystical equipment would have been made from things that they could bless and use from their local energy around them. So when we learn from the runes, everything in the universe, as I said, is a vibrational field. Anything that is balanced and healthy has a harmonious vibration and anything that is unbalanced and unhealthy has a discord to vibration. So all natural things such as plants, animals and crystals have harmonious vibrations. So ultimately, us as human beings are seeking the balance and harmony. The runes basically represent the symbiotic vibrations and they help us to become more balanced. And they are like a series of lost chords that kind of all play together the same way as music on a music score will play together. The ancient Celts and the Vikings in particular believe that everything in nature has a spirit and an energy that can be communicated and learned from. So when we talk about runes, we basically talk about the way they can communicate through an energy so nature in their view has a spirit and an energy that be, can be communicated and learned from so this is everything from trees herbs crystals stones and runes and through meditation they were able to tune in so when you meditate as well particularly with runes they are gifts from nature you will find that the first step is simply to touch, feel, hold and meditate the runes and allow the images and sensations that they offer to become easier to understand and your own vibrational field will work with the runes. So the first step that we do is the thrones up here that have come out of this bag. The first thing that we always need to do is empty our minds of the mundane thoughts and we ask the runes to show us our personal question so don't be too specific about this we need to just ask how do i get over an obstacle 
where am I going? You may also wish to kind of wear um, corresponding colours um, to how you're feeling. Or if you want to kind of ask about energy fields, if you want to work with the base chakra, maybe wear red. Or maybe make sure that the base cloth like this underneath here is also red. So link it to your practices and be very specific with the intent. And then we want to clear our mind and consider what you want to ask and what the runes mean to you. And don't worry if kind of when you pull the runes out of the bag one by one that you don't understand what they mean. You basically need to just sit and have a little while to interpret how they feel for you. When you've worked with your runes for a while, the power of your runes will start representing kind of your um, the images of self. Very similar to the tarot, very similar to... Um, very shamanic symbolism really um, we then can ask for the areas of our life to be pulled forward through the runes so for instance whenever you have a problem for which you can find no solution to or find no answer and it's a decision you cannot make consult the runes they won't tell you precisely what to do or how to act but they will comment on the situation giving you a brand new perspective and this in turn will give you a greater objectivity in which to help you with your decision making and the wisdom of the runes is more suit is more kind of subtle than a yes or no when we interpret the runes the, it is open to interpretation like we said last week from cultural expectations and cultural kind of values so basically takes a lot of patience and a lot of practice to become in tune. There are specific ways to improve your readings and interpretation, but this comes with practice and discipline. And each time you perform a reading with runes, make a note of the issue on which you are asking the runes to comment. Comment on which runes did you draw and what do you think they mean. And then a month later, go back and draw the runes again and see what they have to say. And start drawing corresponding imagery with how you feel. This will help you evaluate which parts of your original reading were inaccurate and which were not. And in this way, you will be able to improve your skills and understand more clearly what the runes have to say for you. So, um. The reading this evening, we're going to go to the past one, which is this one first. And it is this one, guys, okay? So I'm going to pop that on the table here. And the past room is Tior, which is meaning the warrior god. And this is the path of the warrior. And it shows that past is all about your challenges and initiations. So now is the time to make use of all of the skills and wisdom that you have learnt from life so far. So as a warrior, the warrior has natural instincts to protect and survive. A warrior is resourceful and focuses on solutions rather than problems. So this rune symbolises new challenges and initiates into new understanding. For any of you listening right now, there is a need for fearlessness for your victory. It is assured that your heart remains true. Protect your faith and any of your belief systems, as this has been kind of a consistency throughout your life so far. The truth will always remain victorious in the end. And like I said at the beginning, whether you believe in the work that mediums, that spiritualists or divination practitioners do, you must always stay true to your own path. And that also includes staying of open heart, allow the runes and allow the cosmic energy to interpret what you need. You have all the powers you need for the challenges ahead of you, but you need to also unlock your true potential. So look honestly at your weaknesses and resolve them and turn them into strengths. And remember that warrior is always with you. And it is now time to let that energy come forward. Okay, so the next one, next rune I pulled for you is, let's find this rune, is this one. Okay, and I'll pop that there for you. And this one is Ing, and this is the fertility god. And this symbolises the spark of creation and the power to give life and make the land fertile. It is the fire within us. So the fire of inspiration urges you to strive for spiritual fulfilment. And this is saying from the universe and from the runes, you are on a spiritual path. And although you may feel isolated at times, you can be safe in the knowledge that within you burns the fire of interpretation.
that urges you onwards and upwards. Never lose faith in yourself or your talents. And the more you learn more, the more you will never become complacent. The runes are asking you to seek only for answers and never become waylaid on too many questions. They are asking you to live one day at a time. Living in the past is just a memory. The future is just a dream and the here and now is all that matters. And your last room for this evening is this room here. And this room is all about linking in to Earth's energies. It is all about future prosperity and future meanings. It is asking you to simply take time for you. It is asking you to simply be still and be safe in the knowledge that you are going to where you need to be. So this is all about finding your path. It is also associated with um, the fire within ourselves. So take notes and be honourable to yourself and to your beliefs and your traditions. And like we were talking about earlier, whatever your belief system may be in any spiritual system, the intent should always be for your self-motivation and self-path. And the, the cool ballist in me is going to say to you, always let go of the things that never serve you and always stay on your true soul's path. So from myself and the small ray of light within the other dimension, love, light and namaste. Good evening, everybody. Pulse Talk Radio, the place to come for talk shows about the paranormal. Sponsored by the Psychic Clinic. Empowering self-healing. Thepsychicclinic.com Do you enjoy the Other Dimension show? Do you want more from the boys? Do you need that one more show? Well, have we got a treat for you. Head over to www.patreon.com and become an official patron of the show. For just £3 a month you get a weekly bonus episode. This bonus episode can only be heard on Patreon by the true ODDs, so don't miss out. www.patreon.com and sign up today. And welcome back to the other side. Welcome back. It's the Other Dimension Show. Massive shouts out to Kay. That was a brilliant bit of true divination. I'm Damon. Ben looks like he's in the Blair Witch Project. Um, and and I've, we're joined... I'm literally talking to you from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and we're joined tonight by Kate Sherell. Cheryl, I probably came it again. My bad. It's, um, it's all right, you know. Go wild. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I can't help it. I'm just illiterate. <laughs> so, we're joined by Kate Terrell from Burials and Beyond. Kate is, well, she's massive in the paranormal world. She's got her own little niche <laughs> and she's a um, public speaker as well. So, it's brilliant. So, let's get into the other side. Kate, we were talking about calling out Victorian mediums and that sort of thing. Is... Is there something that really bugs you with mediums? Something that really makes you, when when they start doing it, you just sort of want to judo chop them in the in the chin or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I I suppose the more sort of broad, um, broad claims relating to I don't like people who presume that their audience is ignorant. I think yeah. that. Um, uh, a lot of people who practice um, uh, some some people who are fraudulent mediums today. This isn't saying mm. all mediums. You know, hashtag yeah. not all mediums. <laughs> <laughs> some mediums who who are deliberately practicing fraudulently today um, will try and cite some kind of Victorian aspect to their work to imply that they're working in some great tradition. Yeah, and and therefore kind of implying that their audience aren't well read or are really as ignorant as they are so it's the things that make me want to let's say 
judo <laughs> chop someone <laughs> is when I think people place undue credence and undue kind of yeah. respect to certain people in 19th century mediumship and in 19th century spiritualism who you know can be celebrated for different fields but certainly can't be celebrated for being some kind of some great legitimate mystic that's yeah. what annoys me yeah yeah no definitely definitely i mean <laughs> the people that sort of I, I, look we always talk about on the show me and ben always talk about trends in the paranormal now i don't know if you've noticed it and i don't know if ben's noticed it the gansfield experiment seems to be the new trend within the paranormal teams um we spoke to dr cal cooper he's um Mm -hmm. skepticologist (laughs) in (laughs) in the paranormal he's good isn't he um and he said like people are mistaken it it's not the gansfield experiment it's the um Oh, Ben, what is it they call it? It's the... Oh. No. How about the Estes method. Estes method, that's the one. Um, See, but it's this like... is why we have Lucy here. <laughs> <laughs> but we, us, things sort of follow that trend, you know? And it's like, one thing I've never understood about old school mediums, like the ones who talk about the Victorian mediums, is why the red lights? Have you ever come across why they use the red lights? Red lights don't ever, don't seem to ever come up in, I could be completely wrong, in certainly in the 19th century, mm. kind of mid mid to late 19th century when you get uh, modern spiritualism in its yeah. roots. That's where, in terms of dark seance, you're, you're still working with candles. Yeah. So with that, lights were extinguished for dark seances, mm. or there was a singular candle. So that, this kind of, this love of bulbs, for want of a better, <laughs> better term, it just kind of comes, kind of, what would you say, mid mid twentieth century, kind of yeah. beyond. I think the the First World War, because modern spiritualism, as it was relating to the Victorians, kind of stopped um, at the end of the First World War, and that's that's when we start things start meshing together with different belief systems, and I mm. think maybe the the bulbs came in when different ideas relating to you know the the certain realms that spirits would exist in sort of came into popular popular yeah. belief but it's certainly not a victorian tradition not right. because they just didn't oh. have electricity <laughs> <laughs> i'm sort of glad because yeah go on em no go on i, I was just going to say like i'm glad i've cleared that up because you will get teams out there that will do seances with red light bulb and they'll go, oh, this is an old Victorian trait. And you sort of think, I- I'm on the same boat as Kate. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think the Victorians had red bulbs. I think they had red candles. <laughs> but... the, the red the red bulb thing comes in. Obviously, we all know that you need a red bulb for making photos. Mm. What's known as a dark room. Yeah. But a lot of red lights in that sort of area get used for more military things. Um, you, the human eye doesn't pick up red light oh, okay. properly. Same as like when you go out hunting, you're supposed to use a red light, not a normal flashlight, because animals don't get disturbed by red light. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember that. the full... I read up properly on the scientific side of it, and I can't remember, because I'm miles away, I haven't got my notes. <laughs> but I think that's where they sort of got crossed over, because obviously using a red light in a dark room for photographs... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. That was it. Yeah, I mean, mediums use red lights for transfiguration that Lou's just remembered. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, you got a bit of a like Chinese whispers with it and end up spiraling into something completely new. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I heard of Victorians doing candle magic. You know, the whole um, Wiccan movement. You know, white witch, black witch, grey witch sort of movement back in the Victorian times. Um was a big thing and candle magic you had the whole thing that happened at pendle hill um i don't know if i, I might be wrong here kate but wasn't salem around about the same time of like victorian times or was it before the, the witch trials yeah no the witch trials were 17th century there were 16 something yeah in salem yeah quite a, 16, quite a way before 1632 
and that's for very yeah. I'm, I mean, when you I talk think about top of yeah, when you talk about candles and that, I mean, you always get this sort of thing with mediums. Like, I'm I'm not well versed on mediumship. I, I I've start when I started off in this field, I was a medium. I've sort of come away from it and started studying my demonology gone back to it and then come away from it so it's like i don't know if it's for me or not straight up Mm -hmm. but um the whole thing with mediums is is it's like you know you have different types of mediums you have uh, astral mediums you have trance mediums you have platform mediums it's sort of it's very confusing and it's hard Mm. to sort of understand and we always talk about on the show about the paranormal being above science you know science is something that's measurable by the five senses these people are talking to the dead it's immeasurable by science and that's what i find really interesting about it all you do you know what i mean it's it's they're doing something that's completely abnormal to the normal person mm-hmm. you know and that's what I find so interesting. I mean, when we talk about mediums and that, you talk about cold reading. That mm-hmm. seems to be the in thing at the moment. You know, if you get an older gentleman coming, you know he's going to, mainly both of his parents are going to be dead. They're going to get granddad and nan. You know, you have to get that specific information. When you've sort of done your research, Kate, do you come across a lot of cold reading? Or are there other sort of tactics that these mediums take to be able to do these readings? But it's still a falsifier sort of thing. Yeah, countless, countless. Um, I mean, today, like we say, the the cold reading is the main thing. Um, It has been since really stage mediumship in the age of television. Everything seems to just get really homogenized. And there's not an awful lot of, although we think today there's a lot of variety in mediumship compared to the 19th century, we're we're in a very very small pond now but um yeah. in, there's a there's a book called behind the scenes with uh, behind the scenes with the mediums by a magician called david p abbott most of my favorite books about mediumship and spiritualism in the 19th century are by investigative magicians who noticed their own stage tricks that they've been doing for for decades being kind of repackaged as being yeah. something more spiritual and David right. Abbott went around um, the went around America. He collated loads of different stories and information from different different people and people who'd had interactions with spiritualists. And there was one um, one particular incident where a where he uh, talks about a blue book of Boston, which right. was kind of a like what a little blue book that was passed around spiritualists and visiting mediums of the time who would come into the city because a lot of mediums were traveling mediums they'd go yeah. from town to town set up rent a room maybe destroy the room by soaring a bloody trap door in the ceiling if they were the <laughs> plenty plenty of accounts of that um but within this book there'd be information on uh, local prominent people who had interests in spiritualism or vis- visiting mediums and then it would say you know uh james smith comma de which would mean yeah. dead easy you know, or, oh, or it would right. have things in, or they'd, um, a popular thing that people used to do was just read the obituaries column in the newspaper right. and then just do a little bit of, little bit of research, put it in the book, circulate it round. And then before you knew it, someone would have your details who, you know, if you were bereaved, your status, if you were easy to fall or not. And it's kind of this honor, honor among thieves when it comes to fraudulent mediums that I find really really interesting and i i don't know if maybe there are there are similar similar modern blue books out there today but that was incredibly popular of just sharing information because if mm-hmm. if we're bereaved especially if this medium's saying that they're contacting the dead uh, you know directly related to the individual mm-hmm. if you lose someone that's not a, really a private a private incident isn't it? you share it with the people around you especially now you share it online yeah so i think we're not especially conscious of how much personal information, certainly, that we put mm. out into the world. And if you, you know, book a sitting with a, a medium with few morals, all they'd have to do is a, a quick Google search and they've they've got you sorted. You know, yep. they've got your number. I was gonna say, me and Ben have said this before, and Ben will back me up on this one when we talk about mediums. You talk about the little blue book of Boston. Yeah, mm. it's called Facebook nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's still, but it's still a little blue book yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean anyone can facebook you and, and people don't realize the, the specific information you put on facebook i mean you could sit with a median and they go hmm i'm picking up that last wednesday you had steak chips but the gravy was a little bit thick and they're like <laughs> oh my god how did you get yeah. that it's like i've yeah, been on your time holiday in ibiza <laughs> 2011 have you still got that bikini looks good on you yeah 100% 100% <laughs> you guys been looking at my Facebook recently then oh yeah 100% <laughs> <laughs> uh, your Facebook is just full of people trying to troll you and you just literally bitch slapping them it's great <laughs> oh, that's yeah. yeah it's cool I mean Kate, have you ever come across a medium that's not fraudulent? In the 19th century? Yeah. In Victorians? Yeah. Um, disappointingly, I, I suppose it's because I'm more drawn to the people that are very theatrically false. Yeah. You know, like the other night, I didn't get to sleep till about four in the morning because I'd found some some mentalists, that like some Danish mentalists who used to do you know, a very elaborate system of codes with one another that I found oh. really interesting, but they weren't real. You know, there's, I <laughs> honestly, things not being real, all my... <laughs> working with the paranormal is, is <laughs> pretty normal. It? Yeah. Yeah, that, what a shocker. Um, yeah. yeah. Honestly, when it comes to like famous names, like big names in the 19th century, no one has convinced me that they were legitimate. Uh. Like the big, the celebrity mediums. Yeah. Not that I don't find them interesting, and not that people don't make arguments that some of their some of their claims were real, especially when it comes to trance mediums. Trance mediums, I think, are quite hard to argue when there's big names like uh, Cora Scott, who made her name as a trance medium, and there's transcriptions of her her speeches, her channeled speeches that people yeah. will defend till the hilt today. But I find it, as I'm, I'm sure you both do, if you you see an amazing claim, the first thing to to do is okay who's the author of this claim and is yeah. there anyone else who i can reach out to who was there so when you get to the victorians you get these amazing claims these amazing things like oh it was divine inspiration she spoke for two hours on quantum physics and had no idea about it she's a young girl how did she do this and then you think okay who else was at that show and then you dig into old newspaper archives and you find letters from doctors and people of high standing who've then written to the newspaper saying mate this was three hours of gibberish yeah. this made no sense she said she'd be tested by us at the end but suddenly she was exhausted and had to run away so Aww. that's it, it'd be so easy to read these initial claims and go this is this is divine inspiration this is a girl speaking on like most complex theological arguments and you think brilliant i've got to read everything she said and then you read you know comment from you know dr jeff and he's going now nah, mate yeah Trouble. and it's it is, you know kills it, it dead for I, you i get that a lot with me when people are like oh yeah you don't understand quantum mechanics i i do because i've sat and studied it i've read bits for years but it's the same yeah. like you say it's the same with other aspects you just you sit there and go well i've actually read into this you find with mediums you're like you you are talking absolute crap yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, you had that whole thing. I don't know if you've looked into it, Kate, but you had the whole thing with UCLA with Lorraine Warren where they was testing her clairvoyance abilities and they passed her. I mean, it's. I find it hard that you can test that sort of ability because it's out of the realms of science. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever come across yeah. this sort of this claim that people being tested for mediumship and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was done constantly, constantly yeah. since really the the birth of spiritualism. Maybe before, but that's kind of outside of my realm. Yeah. But um, I think I think the idea of science not being especially applicable to the paranormal and the supernatural is both the making of it and kind of the curtailing of yes. it. Because I think the the paranormal realm, should we call it, in terms of the living, in terms of people that are involved with it, is such a it's a disorganized and I know this is a word that really, really can inflame people. And I don't mean it in like a shitty way or anything. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a hobbyist group. This is a hobby. People who go out and investigate 
don't have scientific qualifications in the paranormal because they don't exist because it can't be measured but certainly when there are university departments who would be doing this investigation who would be really interested in looking into claims of supernatural supernormal things yeah can't do it not necessarily because they they don't know how um because there are certain methods of you know measuring certain claims but also there's where's the funding Where's yeah. the funding going to yeah. come from? Because, you know, universities are so strapped as it is at the minute. Departments are being cut relentlessly. It's it's incredibly mm. depressing to see the state of, of UK universities at the minute. So the departments that would do like the, the Ghostbusters thing, you know, of really looking into psychic phenomena and stuff, they just don't exist because, you know, if archaeology is being cut, if English departments are being cut, they're not going to put in ghost department. But the universities aside... Um, it was really, really common for newspapers to do like investigations like with Lorraine Warren. It wasn't just the university systems. There was obviously the SPR who were yeah. hot on the heels of pretty much anyone who said they could see a ghost, you know, for yeah. a couple of centuries. But newspapers, especially uh, the Daily Mail back in the day and I think the Daily Record, uh, Mirror, yeah. certainly, Ooh, they did that's... extensive extensive investigations into i mean the mirror was most famously with like borley rectory and harry price and stuff like that but yeah. um certainly the daily mail used to invite uh mediums mesmerists mentalists to their offices where they would test them mm. so there, there was it was even the act of testing these untestable you know claims was so hodgepodge it was so all over the place you know come to some newspaper offices and we'll test you or sometimes yeah. it would be someone from the spr would come to your home and would like interrupt you while you were having dinner and then say look can you show me how you communicate with the dead i'm from the spr mm. it, both sides are so weirdly unregulated but yeah 100%. newspaper investigations were, were yeah. just so prevalent it seems mad there, there now was... but yeah there was this famous, um, I think it was the Battersea Poltergeist case where they took the girl from that to the offices yeah. and then they was getting the knocking at the offices. I think that was the Daily Mirror as well, but I'm not sure. But I was getting right into that conversation, but we're coming towards the end of the show. We've got about three minutes left and I want to give Kate the chance to big up her Patreon, um, any shows she's got coming up, any um, public speeches she's got coming up i'm going to hand it over to you kate let everybody know oh God, right. where they can find you and what you're up to okay right here's my pitch um Go on. <laughs> you can find me on all social media under apart from tiktok because i'm in my 30s that's not happening um, <laughs> under burials and beyond so i'm on instagram facebook uh twitter it's burials and beyond you can get all my articles i say articles they're super accessible they're super funny even, they've been described as toilet reading sometimes, which I do take as a compliment, but it's 100%. all fun, all well-researched. I always have footnotes. Uh, you yeah. can find all of that at burialsandbeyond.com. And then on my Patreon, um, constant updates, constant new new material, where I've got series like How to Read a Graveyard. So if you find yourself in a cemetery and you think, I wonder what that symbol means, I wonder why that's shaped like that, I've written a whole really in-depth guide to what you can see, what you can uh, what you can expect. I do loads of videos on there. I show you bits of my, what I call my hoard. I collect yeah. a lot of deathly things, collect a lot of spiritualist things. So I'll show you hair jewelry and mourning jewelry and you know, what what's the problem with human remains? So lots of like ethical things. Mm -hmm. um, and also midweek mediums where I pretend to be vaguely intelligent and basically just stick fake beards to my face and pretend to be a dead medium <laughs> for quality a so there's, there's stuff all the time it's super accessible super fun it supports my work no end i really love it it's a quid a month entry level super easy to get into and mm -hmm. um i'd really love to see new faces it's a great little community yeah so i'm in <laughs> and i hope all the I want, uh mine i want mine trading notes we about graveyard be interesting oh, yeah. to trade notes on it from a courtology perspective and then obviously the gothic ben ben loves a good note don't you you love a good note <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course he does no but honestly hey. kate you've been 
a great guest. Really, I mean, I want to talk to you more. So if we can yeah, get, get you back on. on the show and have a proper in-depth chat, it'd be great to get you on our, one of our Wednesday show because that's completely uncut, no adverts. Um, if we can arrange that, that'd be great. Grand stuff. Brilliant. Brilliant. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. Don't forget, if you want more of the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the other dimension. This show will be available anywhere where you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. It'll be up first thing in the morning. So if you want to check it out, go and check it out. Once again, thanks you to Kate. Thank you to my co-host, my spiritual rock in this spiritual world, Mr. Ben Winfield. And thank you guys for coming on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. So don't forget, guys, burials and beyond. Beyond. That's, that's my that's my cockney coming out. <laughs> burials and beyond. Make sure you go and check it out. And always remember, guys, if there's no other answer, there's always the other dimension. Uh...